We've been examining the need to seek the counsel of God in what we do. And we've seen our need for God's counsel. We've looked at the command of Scripture to seek his counsel. And we've seen the warning of Scripture to those who did not listen to God. Now we've asked the question, where do we find that counsel? And last time we saw that if we want to know the counsel of God, we need to turn to the Word of God as recorded in Scripture. Now, the issue with this is this. History teaches and shows us that there are many who have used the Scripture to justify all kinds of actions that are, in fact, contrary to the purpose and will of God. And Scripture has often been misapplied to suit the sinful needs and desires of its interpreters. Consider, for example, what took place in the Garden of Eden as, as Satan tempts Eve. Eve responds by telling her the word of God. This is what God told me, she said. But Satan twists that word to mean something different, and Eve fell for his trick and sinned. And the words, did God really say, are still being used today. And so for seeking God's counsel in his word, how do we know that we're interpreting that word correctly? Let's take a moment to look at the disciples in the early days of their ministry with the Lord Jesus. Listen to Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 32. Here's what it says. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and were afraid to ask him. Now notice what's happening here in this passage. Jesus has been teaching his disciples. And he's been teaching them that he would have to die and after three days be risen from the dead, the very essence of the gospel. And these disciples hear the words that Jesus spoke, but they could not understand what he is saying. They did not have a mind to be able to comprehend what he was saying or the seriousness or the, the, the significance of what Jesus was saying that day. Now, this is not an isolated incident. Repeatedly in the Gospels, we see how the disciples are totally perplexed by what Jesus was teaching. They really did not understand what he was saying. And so at the very beginning of his ministry, when Jesus begins to teach the gospel, the disciples are perplexed and don't understand what he is saying. Now let's move three years later. And three years later, we you would have thought that these disciples who have heard Jesus for those three years would have been able to grasp what Jesus had been teaching them and at least what he had taught them at the very beginning of the ministry. But consider what happens 
And what takes place after Jesus dies and the disciples go to the tomb and find that tomb empty. John chapter 20, verses 8 to 9 record this. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in and saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. John tells us that the disciples going into that tomb after Jesus had died and been buried in that tomb, they did not understand the scriptures even after three years of being with Jesus and him teaching them about how he would rise from the dead after three days. They still did not understand the scriptures. And so we asked a question, what would it take for the disciples to be able to grasp the truth that Jesus taught? Well, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 25 to 26. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, he said to his disciples. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so Jesus tells his disciples that what he taught, the Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance, would bring it to their mind, would bring understanding of those things that he was teaching while he was with them. And so one of the great roles of the Holy Spirit would be to instruct and bring understanding of the truth of scriptures that Jesus taught. Now consider Jesus what he said to his disciples in John 16, verses 12 and 13. Here's what he says. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Jesus tells his disciples in John chapter 16 that there were many things that he could say to them, that he could teach them, but they could not bear it at that point. That's to say it was too much for them to grasp. They did not have the mind to be able to understand the truths. But Jesus tells them that when the spirit of the truth of truth came, he would guide them into truth and he would show them the things that Jesus had taught them. The Holy Spirit would guide them into truth. In other words, the truth the disciples could not bear at that time would be made plain through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it would be the role of the Holy Spirit to give understanding of the truth that Jesus declared by his life and his words. And if these disciples wanted to understand what Jesus taught, they needed the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Now let's move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 
And here the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthians, and this is what he says to them. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14 According to Paul, the natural man, that is, the man in whom the Spirit of God has not come to dwell, does not understand the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit, according to the natural man, are foolish. Because he does not have the mind of the Spirit, the mind of Christ to understand. They cannot understand the truths of of Christ because they make no sense to him. The truths of God are, are the truths of God are revealed in the word as revealed in the Word of God are spiritually discerned. That's to say they're not based on earthly realities, not not understood by fleshly minds. You see, the God of heaven defies scientific understanding and defies our human logic. He pushes back the water so his people can walk across on dry land. He stops the sun in the sky so his servant can defeat their foes. He brings water from rocks to quench the thirst of a nation. He, he defies giants by sending shepherd boys. He shuts the mouths of hungry lions when, 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 when they are hungry. And he and he walks on water. These realities defy logic, yet those in whom the Spirit of God dwells accept them as historical fact. And the God of heaven sends his Son to die on my behalf. I, I remember being at a conference at a Bible camp some years ago, and the last day uh, I, uh, that I was speaking, the parents were invited to join their children in the chapel. And after that chapel service, a mother came to me, uh, and she said to me, she said, I, I agree with most of what you said, but I just don't understand that there's this thing about the cross and why Jesus died and what impact that has on my life. Here was a lady who attended church all her life, but did not have the understanding of the wonderful plan of God for our salvation and the need of the death of Christ. Yet those in whom the Spirit of God dwell understand this because that Bible truth has been revealed to them by the Holy Spirit in a way that has transformed and changed their lives. Now we see the same thing happening in John chapter 3 when the Lord Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, a leader, a ruler among the Jews, and tells him that if he wants to inherit the kingdom of God, he needs to be born again. Now listen to the response of the religious leader, Nicodemus, to that statement of our Savior. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? This teaching of Jesus made absolutely no sense to this religious leader. And Jesus would go on and say this to him. Jesus answered him, 
Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you have not received our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Here was a teacher of Israel who did not understand the concept of being born again, of new life. His mind was a worldly mind, and it understood only worldly facts, but spiritual realities were beyond him. He could not discern the ways of God. They made no sense to him. And as Jesus is speaking to this man, Jesus comments here about the role of the Spirit of God in this whole process of giving understanding. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, says Jesus, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind of the Spirit, if you want, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And communicating with Nicodemus that day, Jesus showed him that the reason for his misunderstanding or his lack of understanding the truth of God had to do with the fact that he needed the Spirit of God. His fleshly mind could not comprehend what Jesus was saying. The word of Jesus and the ministry of the Spirit must walk hand in hand if they're to be understood and applied in our lives. Now consider the prayer of Jesus in Luke chapter 10, verse 21 and 22. Luke chapter 10, 21, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Notice two truths here. First, that God has hidden spiritual realities from the wise and understanding and revealed them to children. And second, that no one knows the Father or the Son except the Father and those to whom he is pleased to reveal him. The truth about Jesus Christ must be revealed by the Father through his Spirit into the hearts and lives and minds of those who receive him. It is the role of the Holy Spirit to open truth in a way that is understandable to God's people. And unless he reveals it, we will never truly know or never truly understand the Word of God being opened up and revealed to us by the very Spirit of God. Well, as Jesus prepared to go to his Father, listen to what he told his disciples in John 14, verses 15 to 17. If you love me, he said, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you. Notice a couple of details. First, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus tells his disciples here that keeping his commandments was a sign of their love for him, and that evidence of their love for him would be in walking according to the counsel of his word. But how would these disciples understand and walk in that counsel? Jesus answers that question in verse 16, where he says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you. Jesus would ask the Father to give them a helper to be with them, those disciples. And that helper was the Holy Spirit, and he would guide them into truth. It was He was the Spirit of truth, the Spirit who revealed truth. And Jesus is showing his disciples that if they wanted to keep his commandments, they would need the Spirit of truth to help them. He would teach them the requirements of God. He would show them how to live. He would enable them to walk as they required. And so, if we are going to obey the commandments of God and know the commandments and, and obey them, we need the ministry of God's Holy Spirit who is intimately connected with the Word of God. And notice, secondly, the words of, of verse 17. Where Jesus says this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him for he dwells in you. Jesus teaches here that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it doesn't see him or know him. You see, the world demands proof before believing. Show me a sign. Let me see it with my eyes. I cannot believe if I cannot understand. The problem is that the truth of scripture is spiritually discerned and God is not visible to our fleshly eyes, and God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts than our thoughts. Do we really believe that we can understand the God who created me? His ways will always baffle me. His ways will always not make sense to me at times. But God has revealed his wisdom in his word, but but it but it doesn't make sense to the human fleshly unregenerated mind. I can preach the truth with the word of God, but that truth will just be words. And those words need to be given life. Those words need to be empowered by the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth needs to take the, that truth and reveal it to me, or I have no hope of understanding. The spirit of truth needs to open my mind to understand. He needs to soften my heart to receive it. He needs to give me grace to receive Respond. And the truth of the Word of God has been around for thousands and thousands of years, and many have read that truth, studied it, but it has never taken root. You see, the Spirit of truth must walk hand in hand. The Spirit and the truth must walk hand in hand if that truth is to be understood and if it's to change our lives. Where do we go to find the counsel of God? We find it in the pages of Holy Scripture, but we also find it in the person of the Holy Spirit who reveals that truth to us, who opens up that truth to us. For without his inner work, we would never understand or we would never be receptive to that word. The Spirit of God is the life of that word that transforms and renews our lives. How helpless we would be without before 
or a word we can't understand and how dry that word would be and devoid, devoid of, the, of the living spirit. When the spirit of God, however, takes that word and opens it up, it's life transforming, life changing. And so, May God give, her a deeper, give us a deeper awareness of our need of his spirit to understand and to apply the truth he's given. It's not just an intellectual exercise to read the scriptures. We need the spirit of God to, to transform us as we read those scriptures, to show us, to reveal to us the truth and how they apply to our lives. We find the counsel of God in the, in the instructions of the Spirit as he teaches us and instructs us and opens up the Word of God to us in a way that is life-changing and life-transforming. May God show us how much we need his spirit because the words of the scripture are spiritually discerned and need to be empowered by his spirit to take root in our lives and to transform our lives for the glory of God.